saying goes, nothing lasts forever. Is that a true statement? Depends on what you mean by that statement, right? If we're talking about the physical world around us, it's true. Nothing physical lasts forever, but what about the soul? What about the spiritual? The spiritual does last forever, and it will last forever in one or of two places. We will spend eternity in either heaven or hell, and we all should be aware of that this morning and make sure that that is, is at the forefront of our thoughts. And so the statement needs further clarification, doesn't it? What if I were to tell you that there is a psalm in your Bible that looks at both sides of this coin? Well, there is one, Psalm number 49. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 49. And when we read Psalm 49 this morning, what we're going to realize is that nothing lasts forever as it pertains to this physical world around us in which we live. The earth and all that is in it will one day perish when this world is melted with a fervent heat. Second Peter 3 verse 10. Peter goes on to say in the next two verses, Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons we ought to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. By the way, if you look up the melting points of the various elements, you'll see how hot it's going to be on the day that the earth is burnt up. We talked about that last year when we went through our study of First and Second Peter. It's going to be really hot. And I don't want any part of that fervent heat. Well, the only way to escape that is to be a child of God and a faithful one. We want to open our Bibles to Psalm 49 this morning. We want to notice verse number 11. It says, Their inner thought is that their houses will last forever. That is the inner thought of those who are wrapped up in the cares of this world. I wrote an article this past week for the Carolina Messenger. This is uh, something I've written a few articles for, and uh, that'll be coming out in a couple months, I think. We're looking forward to when that comes out, but certainly this was an eye-opening thing to study. And after I wrote that article, I said, I need to preach this too, because this is a very important uh, theme that we need to keep at the forefront of our hearts this morning, and that is that truly nothing physical is going to last Forever. And so if our minds are caught up in just the physical, just in the things of this life, then we're not putting our hope and our desires in a lasting treasure. We're putting them in a physical uh, treasure that will one day perish. Verses 1 through 4, we're going to find a call for listening. And I really like this, and it really reminds me of another book of the Bible known as Proverbs. I want you to think about this, verses 1 through 4 the idea of wisdom's call to listen to her. Listen to wisdom. It has something to say. It has something to teach you. And I think of Proverbs 1 verse 2. It says, To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. Proverbs 1 verse 3 says, To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. Verse 4 says, To give prudence to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. Verse 6 says, To understand a proverb and an enigma, 
What is an enigma? Something that puzzles you, doesn't it? It's an enigma. It's something that you need to figure out. To understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. Proverbs 1 verse 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Skip down to verse 20 in Proverbs chapter 1. It says, Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. What is she saying? She's saying, listen to me. You need to heed the voice of wisdom. Verse 21, she cries out in the chief concourses at the openings of the gates in the city. She speaks her words. Young people and old alike, you need to heed the voice of wisdom. Psalm 49, verses 1 through 4, introduces our subject this morning in very much the same way. Verses 1 through 4, Psalm 49, Hear this, all peoples, give ear, all inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall give understanding. I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will disclose my dark sayings on the harp. The sons of Korah who are writing this psalm and several others, they say that we need to listen. By the way, their dad, Korah, he along with 250 others rebelled against Moses in the wilderness. We find in the book of Numbers, Numbers 20. Or number 16, rather. We find in Numbers 16 that Korah and those 250 others, they were swallowed up by a big gaping hole that God made in the ground and closed in over the top of them. Uh, some of them were swallowed up by it, and the ones that weren't, they were burned up with fire. So it's a very serious, serious thing to rebel against the Lord, to rebel against His leaders as well such as Moses and Aaron during that time. But Numbers 26, verses 9 through 11, says that there were some sons of Korah who were spared. These would be the men who are writing this psalm, as well as several others. They want the reader to listen up. Pay a special attention to what verse number 1 says. It says, All peoples, all inhabitants of the world should give ear regardless of their background. Verse 2 gives further information showing that all should heed what wisdom has to say regardless of one's economic background or social class, both low and high, rich and poor, together. In a world that seems to want to constantly divide people based on those things, right? In a world that wants to divide people based on low and high, rich and poor, the Bible reminds us that all are equally amenable to God's law. All of us, regardless of status in life, are amenable to the truth of God's Word. No amount of money one has ever amassed or lack thereof will be a reason to buy one's way out of his eternal destiny nor excuse himself from eternal consequences or lack of resources either. It's not going to be an excuse on the day of judgment. Well, God, don't you know I didn't have much in this life, and so I didn't have the resources to be able to hear and obey your gospel. 
Likewise, it will be the case on the judgment day, or rather it will not be the case, that someone can say, well, I was too distracted with all the stuff you gave me, and I enjoyed those things, and therefore I did not serve you. Both people will find themselves in a plight on the day of judgment that will not be good if they were wrapped up in the cares and concerns of this world instead of what God has for us to be. What matters is faithfulness to the Lord. Verses 5 through 9, we're going to notice the futility of going back after our eternity has been decided. We will not be able to go back. Once our fate eternally has been set in stone, that's it. We have no other opportunities at that point. Verse number 5, the psalmist writes, Why should I fear in the days of evil when the iniquity at my heels surrounds me? There's some interesting takes on this verse if you look at various commentaries. Some think that the psalmists are referring to various temptations of life that surround them. They struggle with those temptations when the days are evil and the iniquity at their heels surround them. Others think that they are referring to persecution from the wicked. Either way, the point is that there is protection from the Lord as long as we're faithful to Him. There is insulation, if you will, from the wisdom that is obtained by God's Word. Verses 6 through 9. Those who trust in their wealth and boast in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him, for the redemption of their souls is costly, and it shall cease forever, that he should continue to live eternally and not see the pit. This is amazing in that it alludes to the need for the coming Messiah and only what He can do. You think about this, Jesus asked two eternally important questions in Mark 8, verses 36 and 37. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Now, will you be able to redeem your brother? Do you have the value in everything that you have in this life? Do you have enough to redeem your brother? It took the precious blood of Jesus Christ to redeem your brother, just as it takes the precious blood of Jesus Christ to redeem you. There's nothing more valuable in this world than a human soul Jesus Christ, His precious blood, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, John 1 verse 29, the purchase price of His church would be His blood, Acts 20 verse 28. That's where the saved are located, Acts 2 verse 47. The Lord adds to the church those who are being saved. That's where the saved are located. As we've been studying on Sunday nights, all the spiritual blessings are located in Christ. And that place is in his church, Ephesians 1 verse 3 and the rest of the book. The time of redemption 
the time of salvation. Tomorrow or today? The time of salvation is today. There's no going back once someone's eternal fate has been decided. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2 says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Of course, we read in the book of Acts of some who said, Almost you persuade me to be a Christian. We read of those who want to hear about him later. They want to procrastinate. But we are reminded of the necessity of not procrastinating when it comes to the eternal destination of your soul. I want you to turn and look with me in the New Testament for a moment. I want to look at Luke chapter 16. Luke 16, we want to look quickly at verses 19 through 31. The account of the rich man and Lazarus. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate. Desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. Besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rises from the dead. We have a sure testimony this morning of Jesus Christ. We have everything that we need to produce faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It's right here. We can have faith in Christ and we can respond in that faith by being Christians. And how do we do that? Well, the starting point is we obey His gospel, we repent of our sins, we confess faith in Christ, and we put on Christ in baptism. As we say every sermon, so that nobody can miss it, nobody who has been here can say, well, I've never heard the gospel preached to me. I didn't know how to obey the gospel. Yes, you should because you've heard it proclaimed from this pulpit. You have the opportunity while it is called today 
you may not have tomorrow because there may not be a tomorrow for you. Verses 10 through 12, the futility of leaving earthly legacies. Now for this point, I will say that the Bible says in Proverbs 13 verse 22 that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. That is an important point. And so this is important for us to realize that, sure, there are things such as retirement that are, are factors and, and inheritances that are factors in life. And those of us who have descendants, we should try to take care of our descendants for when we are no more. That is a biblical concept. But in the grand scheme of things, the only legacy that truly matters is going to be the spiritual legacy that we leave. A legacy of faithfulness to God that hopefully will inspire others to be faithful too. That's why we read of Abel in Hebrews 11 verse 4. It says, Abel being dead yet speaks. You see, Abel left a spiritual legacy, a legacy of faithfulness for those who followed after him. Too many people throughout history have been wrapped up in leaving physical legacies of physical treasure rather than treasure in heaven. Verse number 10, back to the psalm, reads, For he sees wise men die, likewise the fool and the senseless person, person perish, and leave their wealth to others. Everything that we accumulate in life, whether a lot or a little, is all just going to end up in the hands of somebody else eventually, isn't it? Hebrews 9 verse 27 says, It is appointed for men once to die after this, the judgment. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10 says, Whatever your hands find to do, do it with your might, for there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. James 4 verse 14, For what is your life? It is even as a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Death is man's common lot in life. There has never been a man who was able to figure out a way to cheat death, and there never will be. There is no fountain of youth. Verses 11 through 12, their inner thought is that their houses will last forever. And that's where we get our sermon title this morning. Their inner thought is that their houses will last forever. Their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. Nevertheless, man, though in honor, does not remain. He is like the beast that perish. Their inner thought is that their houses will last forever. Is that not the attitude that a lot of people have? Well, I've got to keep up with the Joneses. I've got to have that perfect HGTV house. Well, HGTV is capitalizing on people's desire for more, more, more. Fancier, fancier, fancier. I'm a work-at-home taste tester, and my wife is a stay-at-home wife, and our budget is $3.5 million. Right? That's what you see on HGTV. It doesn't matter how fancy the home is or not, it will all end up in someone else's hands. 
eventually. It might end up in the hands of the earth as it gradually falls apart. Eventually it will be burned up on that great and notable day of the Lord. They call their lands after their own names. I've always told Lindsay that one day I'd like to have some acreage and uh, we could call it Green Acres. But you know what? One day, if that ever happens, if that ever happens, still one day Green Acres might become something else. Might become Brown Acres. Might become something else entirely because it's going to end up in someone else's hands. They call their lands after their own names. Yes, we do. But eventually someone else buys the land. Verses 13 through 15. We need to talk about the inevitability of death. This is the way of those who are foolish and of their posterity who approve their sayings. Selah. That just means pause and reflect about what's been said thus far. This is the way of those who are foolish and of their posterity who approve their sayings. Some things never change. Some mistakes are repeated over and over again throughout human history. Some things never change. Why is that the case? Well, they don't learn from it. And those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. This is the way of those who are foolish and of their posterity who approve their sayings, who do the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. Verses 14 and 15, Like sheep they are laid in the grave, death shall feed on them. The upright shall have dominion over them in the morning, and their beauty shall be consumed in the grave far from their dwelling. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me. Selah. Pause and reflect on that. Pretty self-explanatory, these couple of verses. Going back up to verse 11 for a moment, I think the English Standard Version and probably some other versions, see where it says their inner thought is that their houses will last forever, if you've got the New King James. In the English Standard and probably some other versions as well, it says, it talks about their grave. This is their grave, and I don't remember the exact quotation. But it's the idea that their grave is is this idea of we've got all our energy and thoughts and and everything we do wrapped up in things that's just going to be, in the end, worthless. Just going to be like the grave. And, And certainly that would make sense when you come back down to verses 14 and 15 and it talks about the grave. Like sheep, they are laid in the grave. Death shall feed on them. The upright shall have dominion over them in the morning, and their beauty shall be consumed in the grave, far from their dwelling. But, verse 15, but God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me. This is contrasting those who will be lost and those who will be saved. Incidentally, when you read in the book of Ecclesiastes, it's better to go to the house of mourning than the house of, house of feasting. This makes sense. 
because the living will take it to heart. You here this morning need to take it to heart. You need to realize where we're headed. You need to realize man's common lot in life so that you can make preparation now while you're in the land of the living. So you don't have to fear the power of the grave. Finally, verses 16 through 20. That was a little creepy. Given what I was just talking about. Verses 16 through 20. Verse uh, 16 says, Do not be afraid when one becomes rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dies, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. Though while he lives, he blesses himself. For men will praise you when you do well for yourself. He shall go to the generation of his fathers. They shall never see light. A man who is in honor yet does not understand is like the beast that perish. And in an almost poetic, abrupt ending, we're reminded that sometimes life ends abruptly as well. It could be the case that in just a matter of minutes, or ours, our eternity could be set in stone. It is up to all of us to examine our lives to make sure that we're living our lives in accordance with this word right here. If we're not sure this morning, we can make our calling and election sure. We can study some more. We can make sure that we are right in God's sight, that we are faithfully His children so that the power of death will not be held over us anymore. Why? You think about what Jesus did for you on His cross. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Isaiah 59.1 and 2, sin separates us from God. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin, the earnings, what we deserve is death. Plain and simple, go back to the Garden of Eden, you'll see it. It was the penalty. Genesis chapter 3, we deserve death. But the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus paid the fine. Jesus volunteered. He says, I'll take the penalty that they deserve. He took it on his cross. He paid the fine. We've got to be willing to accept what he did for us on his cross. The inevitability of death, and the futility of earthly acclaim. Men will praise you when you do well for yourself. I don't want to hear the acclaim of men. I want to hear on that day the acclaim of my Father in heaven when he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. I hope that that is you this morning. I hope that you are ready to hear those words. I want to remind you once again about the rich man and Lazarus. 
we read in one of the Psalms, or one of the verses there, the while he lives, he blesses himself. For men will praise you when you do well for yourself. He shall go to the generation of his fathers. They shall never see light. Don't let that be you today. Think about your life this morning. We talked about the plan of salvation earlier. Again, believe on Christ with all of your heart. In Acts chapter 8, the Ethiopian eunuch was required to believe on Jesus with all of his heart. Philip says, if you do believe on Jesus with all of your heart, you may. You may what? Well, he had said, here's water. What's keeping me from being baptized? Why did he say that? Because earlier in Acts chapter 8, Philip told him he preached Jesus to him. When he had preached Jesus to him, it included obeying his gospel, which means you're baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins. Put your old man of sin to death. You rise up, you walk in newness of life, Romans chapter 6 and Colossians chapter 2. If you have not done that this morning, do it. You will feel so much better when you go to sleep tonight because you will know that you're a faithful child of God. You don't have to worry about the power of death anymore. Think about that this morning. Do that if you've never done that or if you need to come for any other reason. We ask you to please come as we stand and sing. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, And please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.